It is Thursday, the 14th of January. This is Back from the Brink. I am Todd Brinker, and Erin will not be joining me today. She's got other things to do, so you get me, which means there'll be more talking about sports ball. Yeah, no, I'm going to talk about a lot of things. But I do want to start off with the sort of uh, earth-shattering news coming out of the NBA. Uh, one of the major stars in the NBA is got a new home. Um, James Harden of the Houston Rockets, or formerly of the Houston Rockets, is moving to Brooklyn. He will be playing for the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, it was a four-team trade that really flip-flopped a lot of people. So the Nets are going to get James Harden from the Rockets and a uh, 2024 second-round pick from the Cavaliers. And then to the Rockets goes Victor Oladipo from the Pacers, Dante Exum from the Cavs, uh, Rodinian's Crooks from the Nets. So they get three players. And then the Rockets also get Brooklyn's three unprotected first-round draft picks from 2022, 2024, and 2026, and pick swaps for, for 2021, 23, 25, and 27. Now, the NBA has a rule that you can't give away your first-round pick in consecutive years. So they gave them 22, 24, 26, and then they gave them pick swaps in 21, 23, 25, and 27. Now, what a pick swap is, uh, is so the Rockets and the, the Nets uh, – both will get a first-round pick in a year, and then the Rockets will have the option to swap picks if somehow the Nets get a higher pick than, than they already got on their own. So they, they both retain a first-round pick. It's just that the Rockets have the option of saying, you know, you're picking fourth and we're picking 18th, so we're going to swap with you. Now, given that, uh, you know, the, the Nets are going to have three sort of all-star level players, assuming that they can get everybody's head on straight. I'm speaking of Kyrie Irving, which I'll talk more about in a little bit. Um, there's the likelihood of them having a lower pick, at least for the next year or two, than, um, uh, you know, than the Houston Rockets is probably uh, uh, slim, but, you know, doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Um, so anyway, they get these, these picks, uh, uh, pick swaps which is a way to sort of get around the, the rule that says you can't give away two first-round picks because both teams will still have a first-round pick after swapping their picks. Um, and then they also get Cleveland's 2022 first-round pick via the Milwaukee Bucks. So they're basically going to get uh, Cleveland, their own, and Brooklyn's first-round picks in 2022. So they're getting a lot of picks that they had kind of traded away when they were doing other mechanisms in, in previous trades. It gives a fresh start to the Houston um uh, team to, to further on the Pacers get uh, Karis Levert from the Rockets via the Nets and a 2023 second round pick from the Rockets and then the Cavaliers get Jared Allen from the Nets and Tareen Prince from the Nets so four teams involved lots of people moving and picking up uh, you know households and, and shifting around likely so we'll see what all happens and how this all shakes out it's going to be interesting to see how the Rockets work, you know, with James Harden now uh, there along with uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, you know, Harden and Durant were Oklahoma City teammates, 
and they fell short of a championship uh, there. But at that time, Harden was the sixth man of the year. He was coming off the bench. He's clearly a star in the league now, and he's three-time scoring champ. So um, it's going to be interesting because you've got Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden, all of them sort of alpha males from any team that they've been on, you know, you imagine through high school and college. Um, these guys are, you know, top of the top of the league. And how's the, how are they going to react to this, you know? Um, I think time will tell. Um, there, I had to unlock my shack door because... Uh, the printer is being printed upon. Somebody will come looking for those papers shortly. So um, anyhow, you know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out as a Lakers fan. By the way, Lakers won last night. Go Lakers. They won their seventh uh, consecutive road game. And in fact, they're undefeated on the road this year. So um, uh, it's the best that they've ever started as a team, which is saying something when you're talking about the Lakers, given the seasons that they've had previously. But um, uh, unfortunately, they've lost a couple times at home. Um, so, um, the, uh, the idea that, uh, you know, they now have in, in Brooklyn, three superstars might really have a significant impact on, um, on the, uh, on the, on the league, you know, and how that all plays out. They certainly moved from somewhere down the list to, uh, at least according to most, uh, Las Vegas sports book into the second favorite position. They have surpassed both um, uh, Milwaukee and the Clippers and are now sitting second behind the Lakers on uh, as the team that will win the NBA championship. Um, you know, but I think a lot has to do with how well those three guys are going to mesh and how well they're going to be able to to work together. At least initially, when both guys were on the field on the court, uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant looked like a really amazing you know, group of, uh, a team that they were going to be very, very difficult for anybody to beat. Um, you know, how that plays out in the long run, hard to say, hard to say. Um, uh, you know, the, the idea that the three of them, I mean, Kyrie Irving seems to be a little bit of a head case. He seems like he's an emotional guy. Um, and, and he has in his head the way things are, and that doesn't always align with the way things have always been done or with expectations from other people. And, you know, that's fine. That's who he is. Um, but it does mean that there's some baggage in terms of trying to get him to integrate into a team. And, uh, you know, all you have to do is look at his past and say, well, you know, the teams that he's been on, there's been issues. You know, not issues with the quality of play or with his skill set, but issues with his ability to sort of mix in with his teammates and uh, and blend into a cohesive team that then becomes difficult to beat. You know, uh, in a in a one on one game, uh, you know, he's easily one of the guys you would pick. Right. You know, if you if you got to pick two guys to play one on one against each other, if you're, you're picking or betting on somebody, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving is a really good pick. He's he's a super talented scorer. He's a an aggressive defender. He's he's uh, he's an all around excellent player. Um the one thing he doesn't seem to be all around excellent at is being a teammate. And so, uh, you know, we'll see. He he had gone off and left the team on personal business. Apparently he had texted other te- other teammates to do that, but never nobody bothered to tell the coach until just before game time. And, uh, you know, that doesn't inspire um, trust in people when, when the coach is like, asked, you know, where is Kyrie? And he goes, I don't know. Uh, you know, that's, that's never a good thing that leaves a coach out there hanging and it's, that's not cool. 
and and then subsequently pictures emerged of him you know celebrating his sister's 30th birthday uh congratulations to her so that looked like a great party but he was doing it maskless in a room with other people and so now that's being investigated they're looking at the video of that to see you know what was how what were the number of people there and was he he um breaking the league rules in terms of of uh you know mixing with other people and putting other other people as teammates at risk because of his his behavior during this time of covid and so you know he may be held up in terms of returning they say he won't play this weekend so we don't know when he's going to play um it's all pending review so um yeah Kyrie Irving is a handful to say the least um the the assumption is that he will be coming back and uh and will be part of an active part of the team, in which case then, you know, they'll start the process of trying to integrate those three personalities and, and see how they're going to play them, you know? I mean, there's 48 minutes in a game. You know, it, you can't give 24 minutes to... You know, if there's two of them that don't want to play together, you can't give 24 minutes to one and 24 minutes to the other. I suspect nobody's going to be happy with that. So they've got to figure out how these guys can... You can put all three of these guys on the on the court together. And if you have all three of these guys on the court and, they, and they're and they able to gel and sort of work together and work off of each other, how is that going to then match up against teams like uh, Milwaukee and Philadelphia in the East and then the Clippers and the Lakers, uh, among others, in the West? Um, you know, this is interesting to see, too, because it seems like there's sort of a migration of some of the top talent in the NBA into the East a little bit. As uh, LeBron James left the East to go West – the uh, others have said, well, maybe, you know, the West seems to be stacked with a lot of talent. Maybe we should move to the East uh, where getting to the uh, playoffs is going to be, you know, uh, arguably a little easier because those teams don't seem to be as strong. And so um, we'll see how that all plays out, too. Um, but, uh, you know, we say that and yet um, uh, a uh, an Eastern team, uh, you know, the the uh, Toronto Raptors won the NBA championship two years ago. So, uh, of course, that was against a, a a Golden State team that had been really really strong getting to the finals, but then due to injury, had literally just fallen apart. And so they they were playing against a completely decimated. They weren't. It wasn't the same group of guys playing for the Golden State Warriors in the finals uh, as it was. Uh, the team that got them to the finals by the time Toronto got there and beat them uh, two years ago. So, um, you know, it could be argued that, again, the the East is still not as strong. They just, you know, had the luck of the draw and picking the time when the, when physically the, the uh, Raptors or the, the Golden State Warriors had fallen apart, you know, and that's the thing that, that, you know, as a fan of the Lakers, I worry about a little bit because the, the Lakers, uh, you know, they, they won the, the championship while in the bubble, and it was like 90-some days of, of isolation in the bubble, and, and, you know, nobody enjoyed that, I don't think, other than, you know, the, there was the joy of winning the championship, but that was difficult for a lot of people to be basically locked up and kept away from your family and friends for the most part of that time, and, you know, living out of a hotel room for, for three months is no fun, Um you know, but it's nothing that we haven't asked our military people to do, you know, living in, in tents and barracks and stuff. Uh, around the world when they're on uh, on uh, assignment, so you know it's doable. It's not like it's beyond human expectations or, or capabilities to be able to stay away from your family and go do those kind of things. If you've got a job to do, you do it. Um, so anyway, you know, and and the NBA guys are paid millions of dollars, whereas our, our military or 
are paid you know pennies on the dollar compared to some some jobs that they might be able to get um and and you know the thing is is that in the nba it's very difficult when you repeat especially if you get to the finals multiple times in that you know the the longer you play into the season if you get into the finals you're paying, playing very late into the season you get less time to recuperate and let your body heal from the pounding that you give it during the season and any sport uh, at the professional level takes its toll physically you know i mean basketball is is it's not quite as you know it's not uh, impactful in terms of of contact as as football is but the pounding that your body takes running up and down that court and banging and muscling and pushing against people takes its toll and so these players are playing you know professional athletes play with all kinds of of you know sore muscles and nicks and strains and and they just play with that that's just they they that's part of what they do um and then they spend the off season recovering and trying to get themselves you know in good physical shape to keep going and so um, you know, when, when people talk about the greatness of LeBron James, and, and I'll admit I was not ever a huge LeBron James fan, but getting to watch him as a Lakers fan, to watch him day in and day out and the level that he plays at, um, you know, he has done a masterful job of keeping himself in top physical condition, um, which has minimized the amount of, of uh, injuries that he's taken. But, you know, at his age, I worry about that because just all the road wear. You know, he's been in the league a long time. He plays with teams that almost always make it to the finals unless he's injured, and that happened once the first year he was with the with the Lakers, which I rolled my eyes and went, "Oh, great, we got him, and he's broken down already." Um, but he seems great, you know. I mean, obviously he came back last year and he did fantastic. This year he looks amazing, um, but I worry about the wear and tear because we had the shortest layoff in between uh, the end of last season, and the beginning of this season, in the history of professional sports. And so, you know, there wasn't any recuperation time. These guys, you know, had 50 days basically to kind of sort of get back healthy and, and get rid of the aches and pains. And meanwhile, maintaining their level of, of uh, you know, readiness so that they could then go back out onto that court and play at a high level again. And so far they seem to be doing a really good job of it. They have the best record in the league. But, uh, you know, the wear and tear on, on our stars like Anthony Davis and, and LeBron James – um, not to mention the rest of the team, you know, I mean, we've had already a, a variety of guys out at different times, um, but they've done a pretty good job. The Lakers have of creating a team around those two stars that can handle a lot of teams in the league without the stars, or at least without both stars being on the court. And some, in some cases, even without either of the stars on the court. And, and because of that, they've got, um, uh, you know, the, the ability to say, you know, once the games are in hand, I mean, we've been winning the, la- the last couple of games that we've that they've done on this road trip that they just wrapping up. They've been winning by 20 and 30 points. And so that, you know, in the fourth quarter, you take your, your big guys and you sit them down and you let them put some ice on their knees and their ankles. And and they just sit and watch and say, OK, well, you know, we we're we've got this game in hand. There's no point in everybody playing the rest of it. So instead of playing you know, 48 minutes like they might in a finals game where they really got to, you know, have to play. And nobody really plays 48 minutes, but playing in the 40s, you know, I mean, a, a large portion of the game, everybody will get a break somewhere. Um, you know, they're playing 30 minutes. And so they, they're the ability to sit more and rest more as they go forward and yet still playing. And when they're playing, they're playing at a super high level. Um, anyway, I'm looking forward to seeing how uh, the New Jersey Nets stack up against the Lakers and how they uh how they gel as a team because um, I've got to say Kevin Durant's one of my favorite players. I mean, he is just a, a 
a phenomenal player to watch. He is so smooth and so uh, tall and, and, and lanky. He's got reach. He's got quickness. He's got moves. I mean, there aren't many guys that are like that. And, uh, you know, and I'd say probably one of the few is Anthony Davis. Their game is a little different, but the two of them are, are um, you know, physically imposing. And, and, you know, they're like, they're like nearly seven foot tall uh, point guards almost in the, or, or shooting guards. They're, they're just uh, scary good. And so, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I need to sit and look at the schedule and see when the two teams are going to play because I think that would be exciting uh, to see when um, they are. And, and hopefully, you know, there'll be some uh, – there tend to be this year because of, of trying to minimize COVID and, and interactions. Teams are playing – when they meet, they'll, they'll play one or two, uh, or two or sometimes even three games in a short period of time as opposed to, you know, play once and then play them again later in the season and play them again later in the season. Um, which is fine, except that I would like to see, I mean, I want to see them play fairly quickly just because I want to see it, but I'd like to see them play after the Nets have had an opportunity to sort of all work together for a little while and get the kinks worked out of how that's going to be and, and how they, the, the three, um, principals there are going to get along. Uh, again, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and now James Harden are on the New Jersey Nets. And so, um, yeah, that's going to be fun to watch and i have certainly talked basketball into the dirt on that topic today um i will switch gears uh, staying with sports ball for a minute and talk about um uh football uh particularly the nfl um since the college football season wrapped up with alabama just squashing ohio state um and in the NFL, um, well, first of all, there's some news that Urban Meyer is in deep conversations with the Jacksonville Jaguars, so he may be looking to move to Jacksonville, Florida, and that he's actually been talking to people as possible assistants to be on his squad. Um, we'll see how that goes. He, there, he has been, as a college coach, he was, he was sort of a, a, a roving coach. He didn't seem to stay put in one place for a long period of time, but he saw success everywhere he went. And so um, we'll see if he if he does take the NFL job and uh, and if he indeed has success there. That's a team that uh, apparently is going to get the number one pick in the NFL draft, which means they should be able to get a uh, Trevor Lawrence, who is sort of expected to be the first pick, and he's sort of a cream of the crop type of quarterback, which is somebody then you can build around. But apparently they've got a lot of a lot of picks and a lot of. Um, uh, uh, spending money on their on their salary cap space so uh it might be a really good situation for any coach to drop into and uh and you got to think that in the back of his mind he's saying well i did it with the college kids you know can i can i do that at the pros questioning it himself and saying you know it's a challenge that i'm looking forward to so we'll see that'll be interesting um playoffs uh continue this weekend for the nfl uh, on Saturday, the first game at 1.35 Pacific Time on Fox will be the Los Angeles Rams playing the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. Um, for those who are regular listeners, you know I am a Green Bay fan, so I look forward to this. I expect that the Green Bay Packers will have a tough time with the Rams. The Rams match up very favorably against them in terms of strengths and weaknesses. And I worry because the Packers lost their their uh, all-pro left tackle, who is sort of the blindside guy for the right-handed quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. And um, the Rams have a phenomenal defensive front line. And so if they can get to Rodgers, then, then uh, there'll be trouble. Um, now, Rodgers can be mobile. 
Um, but like a lot of quarterbacks, he's better if he can plant his feet and, and you know, be more accurate. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean that, that there's no way for the, the Packers to win if the Rams can get to him. But I think a big part of what's going to determine how that game goes is going to be right on the front line, the, the Packers offensive line versus the Rams defensive line. And if they can give Rodgers, you know, two and a half seconds in a pocket, then the Rams are in trouble. Um, if If they can't, then the Packers are in trouble. So we'll see how that plays out. I'm looking forward to it. On Saturday, the late game will be um, Baltimore at Buffalo. Buffalo's got to be considered among the hottest teams going into the playoffs. They have uh, uh, just been beating up on people and looking real tough. I think this is going to be also a good game because I also think that the Baltimore team happens to have strengths where the Buffalo team might have weaknesses. And so, again, I think the defense of Baltimore is going to uh, you know, if they have a good day and tee off on on the quarterback, then Buffalo's in trouble. And conversely, if Buffalo could protect their quarterback Josh Allen, then um, Baltimore's in trouble. Um, going to Sunday, the early game is twelve oh five on CBS. That's Cleveland at Kansas City. Um, I think a lot of people are looking at that as a fairly easy win for Kansas City, but I don't know that. I'm not sure I agree. I think that the Kansas City team is. Um, you know, first of all, they kind of took off the last week of the game of the season. Uh, they should be a 15 and one team, but they're a 14 and two team. But they just kind of gave that last game away and didn't play a lot of their strong people. Um, so they had that week off. Then they had their bye week. So they've sort of been sitting around for a couple weeks. So they might come on in just a little rusty. And Cleveland, if they can get a fast start on them like they did against Pittsburgh, Cleveland can put up points. Um, so. You know, the question is, can they keep up with Kansas City? Because Kansas City certainly can put up points if they get going. And I don't know that Cleveland has a strong enough defense to stop them. Um, if you look at the odds makers, the, the game that has the least chance of an upset is Cleveland beating Kansas City. So we'll see if that happens. Um, Sunday night is the last game of the weekend. That will be the 340 Pacific time game. That's Tampa Bay and New Orleans. This is probably the closest game uh, on paper. Now, uh, New Orleans beat Tampa Bay twice this season because they're in the same division. But uh, beating a team a third time in a, in a season is difficult, especially when uh, it's a pretty quality good team. You know, Tampa Bay's got lots of talent, lots of skill, and lots of history. And you know that they've looked at those two games that they lost and said, well, what did we do wrong? What can we do better? What can we do differently? So, um, you know, it's in New Orleans, which is a big benefit, although not as much as it used to be because there won't be crowds, no people in the stands. So, so a home field advantage that is based on on you know cheering crowds, which is what you would get in like Seattle and Kansas City and New Orleans, is is less so during this time. Um, and certainly that's a, a bit you know going back to Green Bay, that's a bit of Green Bay's advantage. But the other advantage is it's twenty degrees out, um, and so you know the crowd not being there takes a little bit away from being at home. But uh, playing in that weather is a major plus for a team like Green Bay versus a team like L.A. Because let's face it. Those of us living here in Los Angeles or the greater Los Angeles area aren't used to 20 degree weather very much. We, you know, unless you go up and hang out in Big Bear and run around, you know, uh, naked in the streets, uh, we're used to being warm and toasty. And frankly, if you ran up and ran around in Big Bear right now, it'd be in the 50s. I mean, overnight it gets cold, but it's you know the daytime. We're, our, our daytime highs are expected to be 85 this week. So, so um, yeah, it's going to be a little different for the for the Rams once they get up to. Uh, to the great white north and so um yeah good luck to you all but not as much luck as i want to go to the to the um uh, packers because they're my team go pack 
Um, so CES has been going on this week. Today is the last day of virtual CES. Um, for those who don't know, that's the Consumer Electronics Show. And there's been quite a bit of uh, stuff coming out of it, but a lot of it is, you know, okay, so we've got a better laptop. We have a lighter laptop. We have a better screen on our laptop kind of things. And so it's like things that are better than it used to be, but not um, not so ginormous like earth-shaking changes in terms of, hey, you've never seen an app like this. But there have been a few of those kinds of things, like uh, LG has introduced uh, a phone that is essentially a stick in your pocket, and then you grab a tab, and it unrolls like a Venetian blind so that you can get a screen that's more uh, tablet-sized, even though it is uh, it roll, and then when you let go of it, it rolls back up in, or you push a button, and it rolls back up in like a tape measure, right? So... Uh, uh, I have my doubts about the practicality of that in uh, in actual application, but you know, you never know. We'll see how it all shakes out. Um, uh, the the um, idea that uh, that the you know your phone is is a screen that's unrolled is a little weird to me. Um, but you know, it, to me, it's not, it's not like when you saw the first Apple phone, you go like, obviously that's a major change. That's a huge screen. Um, not that there weren't questions about that too, because I think the first thing that came out of everybody's mind was there's no real keyboard. I have to type on glass. How's that going to work? Well, it turns out it works just fine. But when it was first introduced, there were a lot of questions because remember that the Raspberry Pi and the, um, and the, uh, the, handspring the uh, palm pilot phones were the phones that were out and those had a top half was a screen bottom half was a keyboard and when apple comes out and says no it's all screen a lot of people went huh how's that gonna work um yeah so it works out but um uh you know lg last year introduced and i guess they did finally put it on sale but it's like some you know like six-digit number, like $100,000 to buy the dumb thing, a TV that does essentially that, that it sits on your uh, on your tabletop like a um, like a speaker, uh, like a the, the soundbar type of speaker. And then you push a button, and out of the soundbar unrolls a sort of reverse Venetian blind that is the screen that's an OLED. So it's not a projector screen, but it's that's your television. And then when you push a button, it rolls back up. And, yeah, that'd be really cool in, like, a James Bond movie. But, uh, you know, I think at least that has more practical application in somebody's house where they don't want a television up on the wall all the time. Um, seems to me, though, that, like, if you watch any of the designing shows and stuff, that what they've all gone to is the TVs that then, when they're not being watched, are pieces of art on the screen. So it's the the frame TVs that I think Samsung is the one who's who's pushed that biggest, but uh, that seems to be everywhere. If you watch, and they don't talk about it a lot, so they must not be paying sponsorship money, but if you watch any of the home makeover shows on, like, HGTV, uh, almost all of them, when they're done, you'll notice that there's a, a television there, but it's got a picture of, you know, of, of that was painted by Van Gogh on it, or this beautiful photograph of a mountain or something. And you're like, oh, yeah, that, that's it's a frame TV, so it's pretty artwork when you're not watching TV. And you go, yay. Um, so, um, yeah, anywho, um, lots of stuff going on um, in the in the tech world. Other than that, though, as well, um, uh, you know, there's the, the continued 
push towards um, uh, faster processors with Apple switching away from Intel. And AMD is uh, basically announcing, it uh, seems like, a new CPU or new um, uh, version of their Threadripper CPU every other week or so. And uh, I think there's a lot of pressure on Intel these days to come up with something faster and better. They did kind of come out with a new architecture that's going to do, that they, they think will compete more with ARM, but I think that horse has already left the barn. Um, pretty much everybody who's doing low-power stuff is using some form of the ARM architecture, um, which is what's in Samsung phones, it's what's in Apple phones. Um, you know, Apple creates their own silicone, their own version of it, and Samsung um, has started doing that as well. But uh, a lot of them buy, uh, and, and Samsung still does buy, a lot of Qualcomm produced ARM chips and uh, or designed ARM chips uh, but they use the same microarchitecture that's licensed through the ARM company and um, you know um, we're in the middle of a sea change on under underlying processors for computers that are going to be more and more phone-like in terms of the or, or tablet-like in terms of the way they work and so uh, if you're looking to buy a new computer Either get one that's really, really cheap right now because they're blowing them out, knowing that it's not going to last you forever, or hold off and get a um, uh, a quality ARM-based machine. And right now, that means Apple, um, but uh, there are some Windows-based ones that are not that great, but that's going to be changing significantly in the short term as well. You're going to see more and more ARM-based Windows machines out and ARM-based Chromebook machines out that um, have significantly better battery life, run faster, run cooler, and uh, and will be worth spending that extra buck to get. Um, ironically, they're actually being made cheaper because the processors are cheaper than Intel processors, but uh, you won't see that probably at the cash register because they're not going to charge you less. They'll just pocket more money. That's what corporations try to do. Nothing wrong with that. Just understand that that's the way the world works. Um so uh, Anchor has introduced Soundcore Liberty Air 2 Pros. Boy, that's a mouthful. The Soundcore Liberty Air 2 Pro is a noise-canceling in-ear headphone or earbud. They're going to sell it for about 130 bucks, and it competes directly against, like, Apple's AirPods Pro, which costs $100 more. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, they're selling uh, a, a, a ostensibly a higher-end earbud for about what Apple sells their standard earbuds for, their AirPods for. So, you know, my experience with Anchor and and uh, their Soundcore products and their, uh, excuse me, Ooh. their Aki products, which um, are, they do cameras and, and home vacuums and home electronics with Aki, but um, uh, Anchor is the over overlying company that has a variety of lines. Uh, is that they make really good quality stuff. You know, their, their stuff seems to be well-built, well-thought-out ergonomically, and uh, and it's, you know, a, a good value for the price. And so um, uh, if you're looking for some uh, sound-canceling AirPod or earbud type of, of uh, true wireless t- uh, earbuds, these are something you should probably consider because uh, Anchor makes really good quality products. And, um, you know, they, they won't have the easy Bluetooth pairing that Apple has with their own products because that that's proprietary to Apple. So you'll still have to go into the Bluetooth menu to pair them. But once you've done that, that shouldn't be a problem. 
Um, it's the way every other Bluetooth headset has worked and still continues to work with the rest of the world. So it's no big deal um, in the long run. But uh, but uh, anyhow, take a look. Take a look. Um, so apparently iPad Pro for 2021, there's been a leak. Somebody has said there's some display changes coming. And so uh, we'll see if it really is the case. Um, you know, I, I'm hesitant about these uh, things, but apparently there's some 3D CAD renders that have come out, and they're talking about some minor exterior changes, but primarily they're talking about going to uh, micro-LED. And it's or, or, it's really weird because they've got mini-LED and micro-LED, and you've got to be careful with some of these marketing terms. Mini-LED is a standard uh, LCD screen like you've always had. It just means that there's an array of, of uh, LEDs behind it that light it, and that it can lighten and darken. It can brighten and dim those LEDs by section on the TV. So if there's a... Uh, if if the screen has a dark area on it, say you're looking at a night scene or something, it can dim the dark area while still having a good backlight behind other parts of the screen. And so uh, you get more contrast with a mini LED than you would with a regular LCD. Um, it's also sometimes called full array lighting um, as opposed to side lighting for the, for the LCD TVs. Um, and it, it just allows for, uh, again, better contrast. Whereas micro LED actually means like each pixel is its own little LED that emits light. So there's no backlighting at all. Um, and that's kind of how OLED works. The organic LEDs uh, are uh, put onto the surface of something and they emit light directly to your eyes. So there's no um, uh, backlighting required. And of course, if there's no backlighting required, when you want something dark, you just turn off the lights. And so the contrast on those tends to be very, very good. Uh, but there's issues with each of those different technologies in terms of how they work. OLED has some issues with some burn-in and with color um, uh, reproduction. That OLEDs tend to have uh, some some uh, overpowering reds, and so you have to double up, and their greens are kind of weak. So there's more green pixels than red pixels to compensate. And so designing how the pixels lay out and all of the the, the details of that, um, you know, is something that the uh, engineers work on to try to get the best color reproduction from each of the different technologies. But uh, theoretically, we will see micro LEDs coming out more and more. Mini LEDs are already available, as are OLEDs. Um, bottom line is, is they're just trying to do something to give you a more lifelike and realistic looking picture in the long run. And we'll see if that actually plays out, you know. Um, uh, no doubt when they introduce it, it's going to be more expensive. And so a lot of people say, nope, I'll stick with the old technology for now. And then a couple years into it, then the... New technology won't be new anymore, and everybody can afford it, and you'll see more and more of them coming down in price. Um, but I'll tell you what, if you were looking for televisions, this year was the year, I shouldn't say was the year, but it was a year where um, a lot of uh, higher-end technologies had dropped in cost, and so um, you could get really high-end, high-quality 4K HDR televisions um, at, at very minimal cost, and... Uh, you know, so it was a good year to do upgrading for televisions if you wanted to. There were a lot of deals to be had over the holidays, and probably some pretty good post-holiday deals still out there if you're if you didn't take advantage of them. Um, but uh, you know, you could get 55 and 60 inch televisions for 250 dollars at 4K HDR high quality televisions. Um, and of course, the the salespeople will always say, "Well, if you upgrade to this other one, it only costs 200 dollars more." Um, you know, it's got more smarts in the TV and can do things this one can't. But 
you know, if you've got a 4K HDR screen, then, you know, how you drive it, whether it be with a, a uh, you know, an Apple TV or a Roku or a, or a Amazon Fire TV or whatever, is sort of irrelevant. They all work the same, and you're using that as your software interface, so it doesn't matter what uh, the TV is. And in my case, and I know a lot of people, they use a cable box to, to switch all their channels and stuff, and so... So as long as the TV has a decent screen, that's all they care about. So, you know, you can get the lower-end TVs and be perfectly happy. Um, and uh, and so that's what you do, you know. And, uh, you know, I saw deals where there were 75-inch TVs for $500, and 75-inch TVs halfway to a wall. Um, you know, they're they're big. That's a big honking television set. So, uh, you know, everybody makes their choices and what they want to do. But if you're, if you're sitting at home and watching a lot of TV these days because of COVID... Um, there's deals to be had, so search around, search around. Um, let's see what else is going on in the world. Let me go to top stories. Oh yeah, there's this whole uh, impeachment thing. Um, we talked about that a little bit on the radio show. Um, president Trump is the first president to ever have been impeached twice. Um, interestingly enough, remember that impeach just means that they've filed charges against you. Essentially, that's all it is. Um, they made an accusation, and then they have to have a trial to decide if you need to be removed from office. And that's all the trial is, is removed from office. So it doesn't, again, find guilt or innocence. It just says, did you do something that we believe is sufficient for you to be removed from office? Um, once you've been removed from office, then you are blocked from ever holding public office again, which is part of the reason that, that they're saying that they want to go ahead with this, even though his term is almost up, because there's the, the thinking is is that you've done something so egregious in, uh, in the incitement of revolution against the Capitol that you shouldn't be allowed to hold public office anymore. Um, we'll see if that goes through. Mitch McConnell, at least while he's in charge, isn't going to have it happen, but that's only going to be for another six days. And then then uh, the um, uh, Democrats will have 50 votes as well as the Republicans. And so with the Democratic Vice President Kamala Harris, the Democrats will control the Senate and the House, and they'll then be able to go ahead and have that trial and decide what they want to do uh, in order to actually convict him on a um, uh, on that tri- in that trial. They have to have two-thirds of a vote, which means they have to get quite a few of the Republicans to come along with it. And I, I have my doubts as to whether they'll do that. Although um, a point I had read had been made that perhaps they should because that then gets the shadow of a former president out from the Republican Party and opens up the door for a lot of other people who might have presidential aspirations in four years. And so, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out and what the, what the politic, politics can, can make for strange choices and strange partners in trying to make uh, rules and laws and, and how things go about and actions. And, and so even when you're running a trial for a, an impeachment, um, you can get people on one side or the other to change their vote based on their own self-interest sometimes so so we'll see we'll see what happens with it all um either way up to this point he trump is the third president to have been impeached and the only one to been impeached twice to this point nobody has ever been convicted on the trial in senate so the impeachment process has been a a loud way of saying we really really disapprove of you as a president and we don't like you but it hasn't done anything more than that because nobody's actually ever been convicted on trial in the Senate and removed from office. So, or at least no presidents have. Um, so, yeah, there you go. 
um, we'll see what happens with all of that. So, um, well, what else is going on? Uh, apparently Lady Gaga and Jennifer Lopez are going to perform at Biden's inauguration on the 20th because, you know, you need a halftime show for an inauguration. Um, I'm not quite sure. Maybe they're talking about they're going to perform at some of the parties afterwards. You know, there's a a inaugural balls and things like that. And that makes sense. Uh, They're saying headlighting the Biden Harris inauguration. I don't think they're going to have people up on the stand dancing and and singing songs um, as the president walks up or the president elect walks up to be sworn in. That that doesn't seem quite right. But we'll see. We'll see. I've been surprised before. Things things change. I tell you what, if they do that, it'd be an indication of, of uh, what kind of advice his advisors are giving him. Uh, so apparently Pope Francis and the Pope Emeritus uh, have received COVID-19 vaccines. They are both elderly gentlemen and, uh, and as such, um, were part of the people to be protected fairly quickly. Um, and, uh, and starting next week in Riverside County, which is where I live, uh, elderly and teachers will get coronaviruses. So you can sign up if you're an educator or uh, over the age of 60 in California is where they set the, 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 the line. So um, uh, we'll see how that all plays out, too. Uh, I saw numbers the other day and they were you know, talking about, yeah, well, there's been 800,000 or so vaccines. But um, that's a small, that's not even a million people. I mean, there's, you know, that's, that's, if they were, if they were all in Los Angeles, and we're talking about the whole state of California, but if they were all in Los Angeles, um, uh, then um, it's, you know, that would be what, uh, one fifteenth of the number of people. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculously small number of people still. And so just because the vaccines are going out, don't assume that everybody's got a chance to be vaccinated and that it's safe to walk around without your masks on. And they're also finding out that even though you've been vaccinated, you can still have a viral load such that you could then infect somebody else. So, um, yeah, until everybody's vaccinated or until the vast majority of people are vaccinated, we're going to have to stay in this sort of mode of, uh, you know, wave to people at a distance and no hugging. Yeah, COVID sucks. Um, but they're doing vaccinations at the Disney Disney parking lot. Uh, it's Orange County's first super site for vaccinations, and they did three thousand doses yesterday. So um, you know they're doing it; they're making headway. Um, and if you fall into the categories that uh, that you can get vaccinated, then go online and spend a day figuring out how to actually get a reservation or sign up to go do it. Um, I was talking to one of my daughters yesterday and she is a home health care worker and has, she's one of the categories that should be able to get it. And so she was digging around trying to figure out, well, how on earth do I sign up for it in her County? And we went to the County health site. We went to, I, you know, I was online talking with her as I was trying to find it. And all I could find was a phone number. I finally just said, well, you know, just call them. <laughs> if they've got a helpline, call them and say, well, how do I do this? How do I get signed up? Cause I don't see it. I can't believe that they would make something that is supposedly so important, so hard to actually do. There's nowhere to go click on it and then get a reservation. There just wasn't. And or if it was, it was buried so badly that it might as well not be there. So um, now maybe they just wanted you to call. That's fine. But then they should just say that, you know, to get a reservation, call. Or to get a reservation, click here. That should be in bold right on the front page. You know, you know if you qualify, 
you know, click here and then ask a few questions to verify that you qualify and that you can verify that you qualify. So in some places, you know, if you're um, uh, you have to bring like a pay stub to show that you you work for a hospital or that you work, um, you know, in, in home health care or whatever. And uh, once you've done that, then then you can go get your your uh, reservation and go get your vaccine. Um, but, uh, you know, or if you have if you're qualified via age then you know, bring an I.D. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a little little bizarro that they want everybody to do this and they're talking about doing it and then when you actually go to say okay i qualify now well then according to the current rules i qualify to get a vaccine how do i do that and you have to hunt around and look and uh uh and still can't find the dang thing <laughs> it's like holy moly that's irritating really irritating to uh uh to uh find it Anyway, um, so apparently Google just completed their purchase of Fitbit. Apparently it's been a long and slow uh, acquisition, and they just closed it, like, today. So your, your Fitbit now will tell Google everything about you when you breathe and eat and poop and, and sleep. And, uh, you know, because Google needs all that information to be able to sell you ads because that's what they do. Um yeah. Uh, if I sound a little cynical, it's because I am. I'm not a fan of the the, the companies that, that monetize us in order to uh, to make their money. I, I have some real concerns about those companies. And so I've not been a fan of Facebook and and I'm not a huge fan of Google. And frankly, even though I'm a big uh, user of Amazon, I'm concerned about the information that they collect on us, too. I think as a country, we need to have a, an Internet user's bill of rights and we need to do it sooner rather than later um, to put some constraints on these companies because let's face it they know more about us than they should and they're using it in any way they feel fit there's no constraints whatsoever and we have no means of fighting back stopping controlling or saying hey wait a minute that's wrong because you don't even have access to see what they've got in some cases now google's pretty good about showing you what information they're tracking and what they have but you know facebook is as opaque as peanut butter so um, on that happy thought, why don't we wrap it up for today? Aaron should be back with us tomorrow on Friday. And uh, um, we look forward to seeing you on the radio show at 6 o'clock Pacific time. That's KCAA Radio, 1050 AM, 106.5 and 102.3 FM in the Inland Empire. You can also catch us streaming on um, um, your Amazon Echo device. Just say play KCAA and they will play it for you. Um, and then if you want to listen to this podcast, you already know how to do it because you're listening now, so I won't repeat it. Have a wonderful day. I'm Todd Brinker.